Hey YouTube, what are you doing? Oh, I'm updating my content policies. Wow, that's a lot of pages. Oh yes. <laughs> what about you? I don't see you working hard on your content policies. <laughs> well, here at Rumble, we try to keep our policies as simple and consistent as possible. Our policies hasn't changed much since 2013. Huh, I changed mine today. Really? Do you mind if I take a look? Sure. Yeah. Oh wait, one more. <laughs> this is a new one. Thank you, I'll block off my schedule. It's a real page turner. Oh, page 94 is my personal favorite. Okay, can't wait. Honestly, YouTube, this is too much to read. Sorry. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is over. We have come to take our country back. also that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Pizza's here. You want the whole box? Really? Well, no, not all the right, whole box. All right. All right. Cheese. That's a cheese. Yeah. Julia wants cheese. Who's your favorite movie star? They're here. Well, who do you want to talk to? Oh, Sandy. Sandy, you have money. You've got a lot of money. You can tip him, right? Sure, I'll take it. Where's Harvey Weinstein? Harvey.
are only a billion people watching. Whatever you feel is right. Well, Pizzagate, it became a major story weeks ago when an armed man decided to investigate a D.C. area pizza place for himself. This man right here, he carried a rifle into a pizza parlor and then fired it at the floor. Media is telling you the entire story is a hoax or fake news. But what does that even mean? I spent the last month investigating. So what exactly is Pizzagate? And are there any actual facts to support the story? I've got to warn you, what we're going to talk about tonight will be disturbing to some people. But this is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. Pizzagate actually comes from the WikiLeaks release of hacked emails from Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. In all, WikiLeaks dumped around 50,000 email messages, and it was from those emails that the claims that John Podesta may be part of a child sex trafficking ring come from. Now, to be clear, not one single email in the Podesta emails discusses child sex trafficking or pedophilia. That is a fact, but there are dozens of what seem to be strangely worded emails dealing with pizza and handkerchiefs. Self-described online investigators say that those words in the emails about pizza and the talk of handkerchiefs is code language used by pedophiles. So how did a DC pizza parlor get pulled into the story? Well, again, read any mainstream report and they indicate that Comet Ping Pong Pizza was somehow linked to this fake story and has no relation to anyone involved. But the truth is, that's not true either. What media is ignoring is that the Comet Ping Pong Pizza Place is actually referenced in the Podesta emails at least a dozen or so times, and that the owner of that place, James Alphantis, is a friend of John Podesta. He was actually named, this is kind of strange, by GQ magazine as one of the top 50 most powerful people in Washington. Yes, we're talking about a pizza parlor owner. Now let's talk facts here. There is no solid evidence that Comet Ping Pong Pizza is being used to run a child sex trafficking ring. But there are some very strange connections between Comet Ping Pong Pizza and a second pizza place two doors over, Besta Pizza, and the accusations of pedophilia. Now this is where things start to get strange when you research this story. Now to begin, I need to show you a 2007 unclassified FBI document. That document, according to the FBI, contains commonly used symbols by pedophiles to express their preference in children. I want you to see these images here. These are the images. Notice this one on the end, the triangle. That image signifies something called boy love. The pizza place next door to Comet Ping Pong Pizza, Besta Pizza, well this was their logo until only a few weeks ago. Clearly you can see that the Besta logo actually contains the same image, I'm going to show you again, as that boy lover image. Interestingly, after Pizzagate investigators pointed this out, Besta Pizza changed their logo, and there it is now. They removed the triangle. Also, Comet Ping Pong, owned by Alphantis, is the place where a number of performance artists perform regularly. Two of the groups that perform there, who you can see advertised, by the way, on this Comet Ping Pong poster, include a group called Heavy Breathing and another group called Sex Stains. Well, if you check out the YouTube videos by these bands, Heavy Breathing has songs that do joke about pedophilia. And the band Sex Stains has a video that includes, and you see it right there, that same boy lover symbol. It's nearly identical to the one that the FBI does say is a pedophile code symbol for boy love. As I said, there are some strange things there. As for the owner of the pizza place, James Alphantis, well, he was one time in a relationship with David Brock, who ran Media Matters for America. Well, since Pizzagate began to blow up online, he has made his Instagram profile, Jimmy Comet, private. 
But an archive search of Instagram reveals a number of strange photographs and words with strange and disturbing images associated with them. Look, to the point where we can't show you those pictures. We're not even going to describe them to you because some viewers would find it too disturbing to share on TV. Now let's talk about the Podesta brothers because remember it was John Podesta's email that was hacked. In those leaked Podesta emails, John Podesta talks about his close relationship with Dennis Hastert, the former Speaker of the House, who was recently sentenced to 15 months in prison for abusing boys years ago. He was referred to by the judge as a serial child molester. According to the Washington Post, visitors to Tony Podesta's home in Falls Church got an eyeful when they walked into a bedroom at the Podesta residence hung with multiple color pictures by Katie Grannon, a photographer known for documentary style pictures of naked teenagers in their parents' suburban homes. And to be clear, that just begins to scratch the surface of how strange some of this stuff is. And bear in mind, we can't get into a lot of the real details of it because of the limits on broadcasting this on television. But it is some very strange stuff. Now keep in mind, again, there is no proof here that there is a child sex ring being operated out of a DC pizza parlor. Investigators have already proven there's nothing to the story, right? Well, actually, no. And that's what you need to know. For all that is here, there has not been one single public investigation of any of this, not from local police, not from the FBI, no one. And that has to be the big question, not for Podesta or for pizza parlor owners, but for law enforcement. Based on what may be or may not be here, the big question is, why hasn't any investigation taken place? That's Reality Check. Let's talk about it on Twitter.
saw the email and saw what was in that laptop, you know, committed suicide. Well, when you go through the list of people that have been close to Hillary Clinton and the Clintons, it's 46 names. The fact that you're getting nervous is an answer. It's not okay? nervous. I just, this stuff let makes me, me wrap sick it. when you repeat. Exactly. Can you let me ask the question? No, I, I, I want to ask you the question. Your over. reaction is already an answer. I know. I am infuriated by people I who drag other why people's names who are powerless. You're not powerless. Hillary Clinton is I'm powerless. Not, DOJ me, didn't make this let list. Let me finish up Some my question. Some jackass made a list in his basement. You have the right You're to reading answer. their names as if they're incriminating you in some way. Right. How is it that the reputation that follows them is people close to them die? You Pretty should dark cut that to take the out. angle you did. Well, how about the massive amounts of circumstantial evidence which points directly to a secret child pedophilia ring running in Washington, D.C. and stretching all the way to Norway and London? We're already aware of Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express, which Bill Clinton was on more than 20 times in Bill Clinton's trips to Pedophile Island. And as John Bound recently reported, Norwegian police arrested 20 men a week ago and are investigating 31 suspects involved in a pedophile network. Deputy Gunnar Floystad told reporters that many of the suspects were highly educated and included lawyers and politicians. The material discovered on the dark web involved children as young as toddlers and included acts of bestiality. Also, recall Portland, Oregon police just arrested Terrence Patrick Bean, who according to USA Today had been charged with two felony counts for having sex with a minor last year. So who is Terrence Patrick Bean? Just another powerful pedophile who raised more than $500,000 for Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. As I've mentioned in past videos, highly connected elites are often found to be associated with these pedophile rings. And like Jimmy Savile, whose penchant for pedophilia and necrophilia, while he worked for the BBC for decades, was covered up. And as Channel 5 has reported, Savile was not just a lone pedophile, but part of a much larger network in which he trafficked children to elites. Jimmy Savile, far from being a lone predator, seemingly played an active role in supplying children to a network of child abusers in London. So as you read BBC's article, The Saga of Pizzagate, the fake story that shows how conspiracy theories spread, are you beginning to see the pattern? Pizzagate is just the tip of a horrifyingly large iceberg. Just below the surface are the unimaginable crimes we have yet to see. But thanks to the Pizzagate investigation, we are now beginning to comprehend. And by the way, the document allegedly hacked from a D.C. area pizza place's private message board, shared by Joe Biggs in my recent microdoc, Pizzagate Just Got Darker Than Eyes Wide Shut. This month we have five fresh pizzas for your enjoyment. Has come under fire as being a fake. As I mentioned in my interview on Thursday... So I'm at almost 99%, almost 99% in endorsements in the Republican Party for primaries which is pretty amazing. And a lot of those people don't have a good chance. You know, you know that. I've mm -hmm. endorsed people that had no chance. Well, DeSantis is one. Take a look at DeSantis. He had no chance until I endorsed him. He wouldn't be, he'd right now be at a law firm or working at a pizza place, right?
way and we're seeing these brands losing you know billions and billions of dollars and I don't think Bud Light's ever going to recover they've just you know announced they have to lay off 400 staff they have to close uh, some distilleries down I don't think they're going to recover but I think you know these people in power have woken up I know BlackRock um, said recently they're going to kind of change and look into their DEI right, right, right. Uh, policies, but they could just be saying that and they might just try to push it covertly um, underneath the surface. But um, I think thanks to the consumers fighting back recently, I think these companies have had an awakening and think maybe we have taken this too far because at the end of the day, all they care about is money, right? tell you a little something about Tilray. Tilray is an interesting little company. They're a weed company. I'm a big fan of theirs. I like their products. And I like this little cheeky stuff they're doing right now. But the thing with Tilray is I was under the understanding that them and Anheuser-Busch had a rather unflattering falling out with each other last year. But now Tilray is buying eight brands from Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch has hit rock bottom, folks. This is bankruptcy coming soon. Now to sound like the walls are closing in. Mm, but I think they are. I will make a prediction. By 2025, Anheuser-Busch will be bankrupt or rebranded. That's it. And I'm not talking about Bud Light. I'm talking about Anheuser-Busch. I don't think Bud Light's going to even be a, a thing by 2024. Late By the end of 2024, Bud Light is not going to be a beer people are drinking. It's not going to be a type of conversation because it's not going to exist. It'll be sold off and sold as some kind of like stock beer or some sort of sad, hellish fate. While the name Bud Light lives on as a lesson in econ classes across this great country. Now... Anheuser-Busch is going to be rebranded, it's going to be sold, it's going to be swapped around, it's going to become your mom at an NBA after party, I tell you. Like a blunt Snoop Dogg's bachelor party, just making the rounds. Folks, well, we're going to talk more about Tilray as things goes on. You know, I'm a bit of a green enjoyer. So, let's get into it, shall we? I don't know if my stuff's working. Ah, oh, there we go. From 
one last thought that I want to express about this. I, I, I make a... It, it just crossed my mind. I make a lot of jokes about how companies like this that betray not only this country and its values, but promote the generous and all sorts of stuff. You know, there, there's arguments all day as to why I think it's a, a good thing that Bud Light is failing the way that it is. There is a uh, there is a cost here. I do want to address them. You know, if fate had gone in a separate direction, this easily could be sliding down my way, right? You know, I work essentially for Miller, right? So, me and my... I don't know, I wouldn't exactly call them friends, but co-workers, who I'm very friendly with. Work friends. There you go, my work friends. You know, they could have also been out of a job, too. Granted, you know, I wouldn't have cared as much. I was the one willing to be fired to not because I wasn't going to get vaccinated, no matter what the fuck they said to me. But, there are American workers who work in distribution centers and sales and printing and bottling and recycling and marketing, all either for or, like, directly for Anheuser-Busch and InBev, well, Anheuser-Busch directly, or working for warehouses and distribution centers that work in contract with Anheuser-Busch, who are now laid off, being fired, being let go, who are going to be able to feed their kids and whatever. So, you know, I, 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 I hear that. I do. So what I say next is not intended to sound cold. If you are one of these people who was recently fired, because we've covered this before, massive layoffs and firing at different Miller, or sorry, at different Anheuser-Busch, my clarification, Anheuser-Busch, facilities you know if at this point in time you are now one of these new people being laid off and you're acting shocked or surprised or floored and you took no precautions up to this point to line up second line of work or backup i do not know what to tell you other than you are likely not ready for what's coming down the pipeline I don't even know what it is, but with the way society's going, if you are one of these, just from the last article we read, 400 people who just got fired because of all this, right? You're just a regular worker, you know, high in our shed and all these people, the people, like, like the head of marketing and the vice president of marketing who put Dylan on a can, they're, they're being paid to not work right now. They're, be, they're on paid leave. <sighs> Meanwhile, every day, nine to five regular Joes are being fired. By the way, hey, how many of you guys are, uh, how many of these people are, are, are in unions? How's that? How, how, how are your unions working out for you right now? Are they, are they helping you? Are they bailing you out? Are they helping Anheuser-Busch employees, unions? This goes to any union. I, I fucking detest unions in every shape and form, but I can't help but wonder... Where are they? I don't, I, don't, I don't hear the, you know, I don't hear Brewsters talking about this or sticking up for these employees. I don't see unions coming out of the woodwork and demanding 
an apology or demanding adjusted compensation for for damages in the workplace from detrimental mishandling of uh, advertisements and stuff. Because there's no way you can argue that this was a smart move. Like, I don't care if you want to have a political argument about Dylan Mulvaney or, uh, you know, a make-believe argument about Dylan Mulvaney thinking he's a woman, which I don't think he even thinks that. Right? Like, you, you, like, like we can move all that aside. There is no measurable statistic that shows that this was a good, good move. No, this was by all means suicide. Putting a man dressed as a woman on a can and telling that person, hey, go ahead. And I, apparently I've been getting this wrong. I have to double check it. But apparently it's been brought to my attention. Thanks, comment section. Ow. Um, give me one second. That it was actually that Dylan Mulvaney actually had like a partnership program. So it wasn't just like Dylan Mulvaney posted a couple of videos goofing off of these cans and it went from there. No, apparently this was like a actual like agreed paid sponsorship deal. Which is something that, uh, you know, I, I, I knew there was a, an element of paid promotion here, but I didn't realize both videos were completely signed off by like, Anheuser-Busch corporate. That was new information. I thought it was just the vice president of marketing and Dylan who had some agreement. So see, even with how I've been covering this, interesting. But I look into that. That's new information. I've double check. You can't argue argue that putting Dylan on the can was a good move, like market, you know, financially or marketly speaking. No, it was unilaterally a terrible fucking move. And now you're being sold off. You are selling some of the biggest brands in craft beer to a Canadian cannabis company. So keep this in mind, right? American workers, again, I've already voiced that my sympathy towards the Anheuser-Busch employees at this point is waned and taxed because you should have been looking for a new line of work by now. If you are one of these 400 people who recently got fired from like their main brewer, like brewery, and you're, you're one of the people on social media acting stunned by it, you're stupid. You have no self-preservation sense whatsoever at that point, and I'm so sorry to tell you that, but... You just have no self-preservation of any kind whatsoever. But they're selling things like Shock Top. I'm sure you've heard of Shock Top, right? You're, you're going to have your mind blown. They're selling some of the biggest names in craft beer that Anheuser-Busch owns. We're a fucking pittance. Like, next to nothing. Let's just get into it. I've been ranting for too long. I've... <clears throat> I know a lot of people who work with me. And again, I work for Miller. Like, I work for Miller. That's my, you know. So I just, I find it very fucking humorous from where I'm sitting. I work for, like, a distribution setup. But there's been so many conversations I've been having with people inside the industry. Sales, bar owners, gas station clerks, golf clubs, you name it. Shriner, fucking Mason Lodges, Moose Lodges, the Black Elks, you know, bike, social bike, bike social clubs, or the fuck you call them, motorcycle clubs. Uh, 
been hanging out, been you talking to them because they a lot of them have their own bar, so you knew we drop off supplies to them. Homie, no, it, it, they're not buying Anheuser Busch. They're not buying Bud Light products. They're not buying Anheuser Busch products. And where I'm working with Miller, our the number of shit we're, that's going through our facilities is tripling by the week. Like, we're doing hiring drives. Meanwhile, a Budweiser facility only five, six miles away from us is doing layoffs. <sighs> it's just, this is, I don't know. Uh, I thought to myself the other day, like, this is over, right? Because people at work were telling me, like, it's done. And I'm like, I don't think it's done. It's, it's definitely slowing down, perhaps, but I don't think it's done. Now I don't even know if that's true anymore. I will okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. By Brittany Bernstein. Anheuser-Busch InBev is selling eight beer and beverage brands to cannabis company Tilray Brands. Just one month after the beer giant laid off hundreds of its U.S workers amid a slump in u.s sales of bud light yeah like i said before the story we covered earlier is just one of quite a few stories of them having to do bulk layoffs of people anheuser-busch will sell shock top blue point beckenridge brewery red hook brewery highball energy and other brands to the cannabis company now <clears throat> Shock top. Someone who's worked in the restaurant industry—that's that's that's mind-boggling to me because a lot of like the beer you cook with, at least in the kitchens I've worked with, we cook with Shock Top. That was a cooking beer we used. So that's fucking funny. And Highball. Now Highball, I've never seen Highball at a regular store, but Highball was the energy drink that was stocked in bars I've worked at. You would make like you know. Jaeger bombs with it. It's not Red Bull, but it tastes like Red Bull. And it's a little bit cheaper to stock in bulk than Red Bull. But it's still a really good tasting energy drink. All, I recognize every one of these. I didn't even know half of these were Anheuser-Busch. I haven't bought them. I don't really like the craft beer thing. I'm not a big beer and ale guy. If I do, it's like Old Orthodox... Or a new Orthodox M43, or I'm drinking a Locals Light, and Locals Light is well a Locals beer. It's a, it's a local brewer, brewery, so I'm not you know. Moving on, the cannabis company for an undisclosed amount, Tilray Brands announced the sale, which is expected to close this year and will be paid in cash. Includes breweries and brew pubs associated with the brands, as well as current employees. So that's a nice little touch right there. The current employees to have job security, at least that's what it seems like. Do you want to know why I am assuming it's a penance? A, there are some numbers being thrown around right now. But they don't want to advertise how good of a deal they got. That would reflect very badly on their brand and it would hurt any, it could possibly hurt prospects that you know Tillin or sorry Tilray has in mind for these brands 
and they want to try and keep him. You know, a lot of people are probably like, oh, didn't really use Randhazer Bush. They probably want to keep that out of the spotlight and do a quiet switch over. And, you know, someone who enjoys cannabis like I am probably, you know, I wonder how many people are now kind of curious to see where this goes. I'm curious. I already kind of like Shock Top. So now I'm curious what Shock Top's future and Highball's future is in the hands of a brewery or a hands of a cannabis company. It's like a dime bag store, too, which is really funny. Anyway, Andy Thomas, president of the high-end business unit at Anheuser-Busch. Well, it's really going to be high-end now told Wall Street Journal that Tilray first expressed interest in the brand in breweries earlier this year. They and you guys had an interest in business back in 2021 and had some weird falling out in 2022. I will get to that in a second. It's actually a little bit of a topic of conversation within the industry, actually. Anyway, Tilray first expressed interest in the brand and breweries earlier this year. Last week, Anheuser-Busch reported a drop in sales and profits in the last quarter as it continues to face fallout over Bud Light's controversial partnership with man, masculine male, Dylan Mulvaney. Masculine's too strong of a word. But, no, the whole transgendered and trans thing, it's not real. It's all made up. I'm not playing into it. And Hazard-Bush revenue in the U.S. fell more than 10% last quarter compared to the same period last year, according to its third quarter earnings report. The company said the drops was, quote, primarily due to the volume of decline of Bud Light amid the conservative-led boycott. Gay bars were boycotting before conservatives were. Again, there were a few places out in California that were like, ew, Dylan Mulvaney is blackface for the trans community. And they wouldn't do it. And then you got but you got Kid Rock like a day or two afterwards, shoot up the cans, and then the conservatives got into it. Big and Rich just quit buying it because no one was drinking it at their bar. So no, it's not it, conservative led. I don't think that's a fair statement. When you have gay bars and conservative bars and regular bars, including Dill Mulvaney, all encouraging the boycott. Bill Mulvaney encourages the boycott. So I, I don't know if it's conservative-led. I hate to tell you. But let's move on. Drop was primarily due to the volume of online. Boycott of the brand. Operating profit at the U.S. unit dropped by nearly 30% as well. The controversy began when Bud Light launched a... Mira, a minor creative collaboration with the with a male influencer, Dylan Mulvaney, who posted an Instagram video surrounded by the iconic blue cans in a bathtub. The post caused a backlash among the brand's blue-collar base. The fallout has become so widespread that Modelo dethroned Bud Light for its spot as America's most popular beer and led HSBC to downgrade Anheuser-Busch stock. Meanwhile, Constellation Brands which sells Modelo in the U.S., saw 7.5% growth in beer volumes in the quarter ending on May 31st. Compared to the same period last year, Anheuser-Busch's total revenue last quarter was up more than 7% as sales of its other products in other uh, countries helped make up for Bud Light's boycotts in the U.S. Quote, the 2023... Why is there a cube there? 2023... 
our mainstream portfolio delivered a mid-single-digit revenue increase as a double-digit growth in South Africa and Colombia was potentially offset by the revenue decline of Bud Light in the U.S., the report explains. Meanwhile, retail sales of Bud Light had dropped by 42% in some of the cities in the four-week period ending ending on July 22nd. According to the Nelson IQ data analyzed by the consulting firm Bump Williams. Folks, and now I, I want to hop over here to this. I pulled up an article I was talking about it. Tilray Budweiser, uh, <clears throat> Tilray Budweiser maker AB end of end cannabis partnership. This article is from January 10th, 2022 by Matt Lamers. So I haven't heard anyone talk about this. I'm definitely late to the party talking about the brands being sold up, but no one's talking about this. And I'm really happy because I was worried that I, I, I would be beaten to the punch by it. I'm like, well, wait. Not a lot of people know. They've, they've worked with, together before. They had a really shitty falling out, and, like, publicly, supposedly, like, this is all allegedly from this point out, right? It's like water cooler shit conversations, you know? They had a nasty falling behind the scenes, and they tried to keep it, and they kept it amicable in, like, the spotlight. But, you know, it's a short article. Let's get into it. Article by Bat- Matt Lamers from January 10th, 2022. Updated April 14th, 2022. Again, they're, they're like... And I find it interesting that, like, even in this article and like, other articles talking about this, too, they're like, oh, they just showed interest uh, earlier this year buying us. It's like, wait, what? I remember hearing that and other people talking about, like, Tim Pool talked about it, Bane Johnson talked about it, uh, a couple other fucking com- podcasters and news channels I watch talk about it, and even regular mainstream TV channels are talking about it. And no one touched this, right? Let's get into it. The world's leading brewer, A.B. InBev, whew, different times, right? And Canada's leading cannabis producer by the market share, Tilray, have ended their partnership. The New York-based cannabis company quietly acknowledged the regulatory filing earlier Monday. The news was first reported by industry publications Just Drinks. Uh, Belgium headquartered a- uh, AB InBev and then uh, Nenemo British Columbia-based Tilray first announced the partnership in late 2018, shortly after... Canada legalized adult use of cannabis. Tilray, now headquartered in New York, did not immediately reply to queries from MJ Biz Daily at the time of the arraignment. Or agreement, sorry. Arrangement, my apologies. <laughs> Was announced. Budweiser, Maker AB InBev, and Tilray pledged to invest $50 million or $63.4 million. Canadian dollars in the venture called Fluent Beverage Co. It was supposed to be really ambitious, too. Each company had a 50% ownership interest. On InBev's end, the joint venture has been spearheaded by Labatt Breweries of Canada. One, and by the way, Labatt's also are sold. Uh, you know, that's a different topic. I don't know why I was even going to go down that road. One of AB and Bev's Canadian subsidiaries, the Toronto-based High Park uh, Company, a Tilray subsidiary that developed and distributed cannabis goods, uh, Tamar Narcian, communications director for Labatt Breweries of Canada, told 
MJ Biz Daily that Fluent Beverages will not operate as wholly owned subsidiary of Labatt and that Tilray will serve as a Fluent's co-manufacturing partner. Quote, we do not expect these changes to have significant impact on Fluent's day-to-day operations as it remains focused on commercializing CBD-infused non-alcoholic beverages in Canada, Nassassian said via email. The partnership was formed before Tilray merged with Alfria. Quote, We concluded our joint venture relationship with AB InBev, Tilray disclosed in the regulatory filing Monday. Quote, We retained the manufacturing equipment associated with the CBD and THC beverages, obtained a royalty-free prenuptial (laughs) worldwide license to utilize the technology related to the manufacturing of the CBD and THC beverages, which was developed by the joint uh, venture and negotiated a co-manufacturing agreement with the manufactured CBD beverages on half of Fluent. On behalf of Fluent, Tilray closed the High Park Gardens Cannabis Greenhouse in 2020, but it's unclear what impact move what impact that move had on the partnership. The partners had pledged to launch the CBD infused drinks on the Canadian market as early as December 2019. Beverages sa- beverage sales have been underwhelming in Canada so far, as consumers largely prefer the same or smaller products to those that were available before legalization. Derek Pentance, president and founder of Toronto-based craft cannabis beverage maker and Proper Cannabis Co., said the infused beverage space is, quote, a little stagnant right now. Yeah, no shit. Though the syrups right now are really shaking shit up. I gotta say, the, the, the syrups coming out of the scene with the big one, especially with like, the infused diamonds in it. Dog. I'm telling you right now, the the the, the can the uh, the can of syrups and the can of breezes. <sighs> Entirely different game right there. And I mean, you got the teas coming out, but the teas taste like shit. The soda tastes like shit. Uh, the flavorless additives you can put in, like the cannabis powders, those are are, are starting to sell pretty good from what, I, what, I, what I'm hearing. Uh. But I had no, nothing to back that up with, actually. So, you know, let's just pretend and say it. Quote, I think in the short term, people just aren't trying, aren't turning to beverages first when it comes to edibles. Uh, Pentance told MJ Biz in the phone interview, quote, consumers go to, the consumers go to is gummies, chocolates, and that sort of thing. Probably for portability. Throwing a can of something in your pocket isn't as easy, and it doesn't stay cold. The data bears that out. According to the analytics firm HiFire and American financial service firm Cantor Fitzgerald, Canadian cannabis sales by category in the fourth quarter of 2021 compared to the previous quarter were uh, flower 47%, pre-rolls 24%, vapes 40, 14%. I definitely prefer the vapes. Uh, I'm, I, when it comes to smoking weed, I prefer I preferred the carts, actually. Uh, MKX, Platinum Carts are my preferred go-to. MKX is my preferred go-to. 
I'm not a big fan of Dragonfly. I think Dragonfly have some issues. I always have leaky carts from them, and that just makes me not want to buy your brand. Um, Pre-rolls are okay. You know, it's, again, I just prefer the vaporizers and the carts. And the syrups. Again, I really like the syrups. If I, if I go out do a party or birthday or anything like that, I pre-game. Any public speaking event? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, totally kidding. Edibles uh, were 5%, concentrates were 4%, oils 3%, beverages 2%, and topicals are 1%. Yeah, topicals are retarded. You just rub weed-infused items on your on your fucking skin. Uh, Tilray shares trade as TLRY. I might buy some of that, actually. I'm not telling anyone to do it, but I might look into it, depending on how much they are. Uh, NASDAQ and Toronto Stock Exchange. I mean, with the, what's going on with Bud Light? With them buying up all those Bud Light brands? I mean, it's not going to hurt its value, right? But, yeah, they, they, they had a partnership before. They had a working relationship before. So I find, the in, I find it interesting how Anheuser-Busch and Tilray are presenting this new purchase as if they'd never done business together before. I don't know what the deal behind that is. It would add credence to the inside industry rumors that it was not an amicable fallout. Like, there was something going on behind the scenes with, like, the, the companies and, like, the egos in the room. But I don't know. I just do not know. There's a lot of, like, in-rumor water cooler stories you hear about this. It's an interesting type of conversation. A lot of people have a lot of takes on it because it was an interesting deal. Uh, especially where I'm at, because, you know, I, I, I live in a state right across from Canada, where we get we get cannabis products sent to us from Canada all the time. So, people were hyped as fuck to get their hands on this. And then all of a sudden, just doosh, plug pulled out of nowhere, and they said, well, the market's not there, even though all the advertisement was around the idea that this was going to shake up the market. Oh, well. Maybe just wanted to invent the market and couldn't, or something happened behind the scenes. I don't know. But that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside Four Walls. I've been Stuart Manson, and I shall talk to you guys later. Deuce. back to the show now say with me folks the durham probe will yield nothing right right was that the narrative james why do you talk about the durham investigation there's nothing coming from it right 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 whatever you say chief anyway Disgraced FBI official who probed Trump-Russia ties set to plead guilty to illegally working for Russian oligarch. Damn. It's weird how suddenly a lot of people tied to the Russiagate bullshit are all going down one by one by one by one. And this is a Russian asset. Who, by the way was working to help Hillary Clinton. Something we've covered in this show before. The only person who benefited from Russian interference in the 2016 election was Hillary fucking Clinton, Bernie Sanders, but Hillary Clinton. Keep that in mind as we go forward. And I, and I want to tell you a little something about me later on as we go into this. Disgraced FBI official who probed Trump-Russia ties set 
to plead guilty to illegally working for a Russian oligarch by Priscilla de Gregory, August 7th, 2023. Alright, it's just a little music video. Got it. Disgraced FBI agent Charles McGonagall, McGonagall, who investigated the Trump campaign's alleged ties to Moscow in 2016, is slated to take a guilty plea in the case accusing him of illegally working for a Russian oligarch. Quote, the court has been informed that the defendant Charles McGonagall may wish to enter a chart a change of plea. Manhattan federal judge Jennifer uh, Reardon wrote in a brief in a brief order filed Monday scheduling a hearing for August 15th. McGonagall 54, a former top FBI counterintelligence agent based in New York, was indicted in January on charges including money laundering and violating U.S. sanctions by working for Russian billionaires and business magnate. Oleg Durapaska. It's not my native language, alright, man? They don't even do R's right in that country. Including trying to get him taken off the U.S. sanctions list. McGonagall was, elite, was legally required to report to the FBI his contact with foreign officials, but instead allegedly hid, his hid the ties. Pursuing business and overseas travel that conflicted with his job. That's right, folks. The person accusing Trump and investigating Trump on behalf of Hillary Clinton and her campaign, accusing Trump of being a Russian asset, was in fact himself a Russian asset. And for those of you this is your first time listening, I am the last person to peddle you Russia, 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 Russia. I don't give a fuck if Ukraine goes down in flames tomorrow. My concern is my money is only funding one side of that war, so I take the side against, you know, the side I'm funding, because I'm funding the side that's killing innocent people. But James, there are innocent people being killed on both sides. You're right, but like I said, I'm only paying for them to die on one side. We're not giving billions of dollars to Russia and Ukraine. No, just Ukraine. So I stand against Ukraine for that reason. Not my tax dollars, not my consent as taxation, not representation, as far as I'm fucking concerned. And, you know, I'm happy this motherfucker's going down. I'm happy he's going to enter a plea deal. I'm happy that there's consequences coming. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I feel lethargic to this. Uh, yeah, l l let's continue on. I'll tell you why. McGonagall pleaded not guilty to the four counts conspiring to, conspiring to violate and evade U.S. sanction. Money laundering, conspiring to commit money laundering, and conspiring to viol uh, violate federal law against doing business with sanctioned individuals. Yeah. Former FBI agent Charles McGonagall is expected to take a guilty plea next week in the New York court case, accusing him of illegally working with a Russian oligarch. He has been free on $500,000 bonds since his arrest. McGonagall played a central role in the FBI's controversial Russia Gate investigation of a former President Donald Trump, which ultimately led to Robert Mueller getting appointed as special counsel to probe the potential Russian meddling in 2016 election. He was separately indicted 
in Washington, D.C. for allegedly hiding payments totaling 225000 from a former member of Albania's intelligence services and taking a secret meeting with Albanian Prime Minister Edi Rama. He pleaded not guilty in that case, which is still pending trial. McGonagall's lawyers didn't immediately return a request for comment Monday. Ooh, folks. This man lied to this entire country. The first impeachment was based upon a now fully debunked, baseless lie. Accusing Trump of being a Russian asset. Now let me ask you. I understand he didn't deliver on what he wanted to. In 2016, why did they work so hard to make sure that he wouldn't get in office and to discredit him when he was in office? Because they were scared of him. And look at what they're doing today. They're still absolutely fucking terrified of him. And while we know without a shadow of a doubt that the Russiagate thing is absolute bunk bullshit... And, you know, at this point, as more and more people get arrested for it, and more and more people go down for it, either federally or because they're just too close to Hillary Clinton in this particular story, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm cathartic on it, and here's why. I have, I'll give you one example. I found a member I used to be very close to. We had a barbecue, and it was late 2017 and I hadn't done the show yet the show wasn't even a thought in my eye yet I was a well I still am a pothead but I was a skateboarding stoner uh saucier slash night cook at a Coney Island who also sold uh herbs for cooking purposes, of course. You know, I had a few hustles. Not, you know, I, 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 I followed the news. I was interested in it. You know, I was watching Mark Dice videos, uh, The Young Turks, Sam Cedar, stuff like that. Majority Report was really just starting to kick off at that point in time. That same point, where I was watching like the H Bomber guys, Armored Skeptic, Shoe on Head, uh, Chris Raygun. Uh, Rucka Rucka Ali, Monkey Jones. There's a laundry list of people I was watching at that point in time, actually. Uh, Zonation. Zonation was a big one I was really into for a minute. But I'm at this barbecue, and I'm asked what I think about Donald Trump. In 2017, my response is, I think he's pretty fucking funny. He accidentally or on purpose... He's pretty funny. Why? They're like, you don't think it's alarming to have a Russian asset in the White House? Now, at this point, the Abraham Accords hadn't gone through. I wasn't the most sold on Trump. I loved the shit he was saying. I thought he was funny, but, you know, as many things as he got accomplished, I thought he fell flat on. So it was like a real back and forth thing with me. Sorry, I, I really had to sneeze. Ooh, anyway. You know, I, uh,. It was like late 2017, early 2018. Abraham, of course, hadn't gone off yet. I hadn't found myself in a position where I could, as confident, confidently as I am now, being able to say, like, yeah, 
I will happily vote for Trump. So far, everything I've seen, Trump 2024. At that point in time, I was like, let's see who runs in 2024. I'm, uh, I'm definitely enjoying four years of this. I could do eight years of this, but I don't know if I'm going to vote for eight for another four years of this. We'll see how it turns out. So, sorry, I had to pause it for a second. So I said I don't buy it. There's nothing that actually convincing me that he's a Russian asset. And I didn't really believe it was a Russian asset in 2016. It was like, a, well, you know, investigate, look into it. It'd be a little weird. I mean, this guy's on all of our TVs. The fuck you calling him a Russian asset for? It's a little a little weird. This guy was too much of a cultural zeitgeist. I don't think he's a... It never made sense to me. It never lined up. It never quite seemed to, seemed to make any sense. And I was already a Ron Paul fan from before, so, you know, I already knew how the media would attack somebody. So I was like, all right, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I, you know, at a young age, I knew who a certain George Lincoln Rockwell was. I know how the media does its thing. And if you want to know how the media, look at the media versus the man on that particular situation. George Lincoln Rockwell. Good luck deciphering the bullshit from the truth on that one. It's like reading through a G.G. Allen mem, uh, a story about the life and times of G.G. Allen. There's a lot of bullshit in there that makes no sense and it's not true. But, it led to this massive argument when I said, I don't think Trump's a, a Russian asset. I, I haven't seen anything that makes any sense of it. Makes makes any, any, any reason for me to believe that. And I was just asking to see what they saw. Cue this adult relative screaming at me calling me all kinds of isms and phobes and ists and, you know I wasn't as hard like a regular rando could call me that I don't care I have a t-shirt with Johnny Rotten on it wearing a swastika t-shirt like, I have a t-shirt of the guy from the Sex Pistols wearing a swastika t-shirt you know, I'm kind of used to being... I wear... I have Gigi Allen shirts. You know, I don't exactly shy away from that stuff. Uh, so I've been called all kinds of names. But I wasn't at the point where being called by a family member, let alone someone who helped to raise me, to suddenly go down on me like that. And over the years, right... And by the way, this person shrieking got other family members to join in the conversation... And what for roughly like three hours at that point had been a cool family gathering devoid of any political conversations. Because back in the day, you could actually manage to go a couple of hours without talking about politics. You know, and everybody was obsessed with it. It wasn't a cultural thing to be hooked into it like it is now. It was just starting to get that way. Um, it turned into tons of family members screaming and yelling and chewing each other out. And I just kind of left. I Irish goodbye the party. I, I, I left. I went home. Because, you know, before it had gotten to the point where I left, I had spent what felt like 10 minutes, but it was probably more like four and a half, maybe six minutes tops, being screamed at, having a little flex spit fly in my face, as I'm called all the worst names. Like, dude, I was literally called a fucking Nazi. And, you know, now it's like whatever. But back in the day, you know, when you have this person who helped raise you, call you a Nazi, and say all that time you spent on your phone, told you this was going to happen to you, blah, blah, blah. You turned out, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, wow, whatever, fuck this guy. We haven't talked since. 
outside of me sending them articles as bit by bit the Russia Gate narrative has completely caved in. And whereas sorry. Articles originally would elicit a response of like eye roll emojis and fuck off responses and uh you fashy piece of shit, fuck you, blah blah blah. Turned into no responses. Then the Durham final uh you know announcement came out like six months ago. And rage. And then blocked. And then unblocked. Followed by me sending them a couple more articles. And I'm going to send them this article too. Folks. Do the same thing with the people in your life. If you know anyone who was. Stirred up by that Russiagate bullshit. And wouldn't give you the time of day. If you try to talk to them about it. Or if you didn't agree with it. Would attack you for it. Send them these articles. They're like oh. I hope you enjoy your little dig at me. Remind them that it's no. You said X, Y, and Z to me about me. I'm just sending you a news article that says you were wrong. If you perceive this as an insult, I think you need to look in the fucking mirror and adjust yourself. <clears throat> but yeah, and stay tuned for more arrests and more charges and more indictments and more people going down related to the Russiagate thing. Because just as fast as things with Trump are ramping up and rapidly escalating, things with the people against Trump are rapidly escalating just as fast as quickly. That was redundantly redundant. But that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I have been your host, James Madison, and I shall talk to you guys later. woke free beer as conservatives we're constantly getting hit in the face left and right by the woke mind virus but the last place we want it is in our beer if you know which bathroom to use you know what beer you should be drinking stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values and to the rest of you woke corporations say that away from our kids Buy yours online in 42 states at ultrarightbeer.com. Tastes like freedom. Folks, I have said this before. The Bud Light story doesn't end until Bud Light doesn't exist as a brand or an item anymore. This story doesn't end until Bud Light admits a groveling apology. This story doesn't end until Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light are bankrupt. There's no way this ends without the company humbling itself and buckling. Something it has failed to do. Now it has tried to... False senses of modesty like on one hand to be like oh well you know christianity while also funding all kinds of different drag shows and all ages and all child-friendly type bullshit well so-called child-friendly drag shows even though there's no such thing as a child-friendly drag show 
there was never a genuine moment of, oh, we fucked up from Bud Light. So because of that, it won't end until there is no Bud Light. It's that simple. Bud Light sinks to another 26% amid Dylan Mulvaney fiasco, August 7th, 2023. Folks, folks, it's been six months. And it's still happening. This happened two months before June. Remember that. Two months before Pride Month even began. The Dylan Mulvaney shit was kicking off. March. Madness. Mm. Mm. It was announced before March Madness had really kicked off. It was supposed to be like the, the prenupt to it. And it's become a death knell for what was formerly the number one beer in America. Let's get into this obituary by Lisa Frickenschitger. It took some diplomatic engagement. Bud Light sales continue to tank in the wake of the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. While the tarnished brand's rivals keep swiping away market share <laughs> according to latest data it's actually a fact now i work in this my nine to five is actually directly in this line of work which is kind of funny right because 2023 compared to my other years i'm doing no traveling like from 2017 yeah about 2017 to 2022 I did at least one to three big travel outs and film a bunch of stuff. This year I've stayed home and all the shit to film has been here. Just working in the background of shit. Just happened to come across it. It's kind of interesting how that's just working out for me. But yeah, no. Miller is far and ahead leading the competition now. And then you got Yingling rapidly catching up. And Yingling is... Said to outperform pretty much everyone unilaterally across the board. So, yeah, I think it's about a wrap for Bud Light. But let's uh, let's read on, shall we? Let me zoom in a little bit, actually. Ooh, too much. There we go. The Anheuser Busch brand sales plunged by 25.9% during the week ended July 29th. Extended the downward spiral since Bud Light's ill-fated <laughs> tie-up with the man, with the male influencer, on April first, according to the data from Nelson IQ and Bump Williams Consulting. Bud Light has been dethroned as the nation's top-selling beer for the past three months after Mulvaney's shout-out led to a nationwide boycott. Modelo Especial is expected to vault into the number one spot for the entire year by the end of the month. Dave Williams, and it's been in and out of that spot back and forth. One week it's the number one selling, next week it's not. But yeah, Modelo Especial, which is a Constellation brand, not an Anheuser-Busch brand. Literally in every other part of the world, Modelo Especial and all Modelo brands are. Except for here in the United States, where Modelo is still made in Mexico and imported to the U.S., through Constellation Brewing <laughs> and Constellation Brand. So, no. 
uh, Anheuser-Busch has, uh, I've noticed weird deceptive shit from Anheuser-Busch and InBev trying to act like they own the American Modelo. And I think the reason why Anheuser-Busch is trying to act like they have some claim over American, and uh, over the American uh, sale of Modelo is because they want to hurt that brand so that it doesn't surpass them permanently. Because if it does, the people who actually own the rights to Modelo are just going to pull all their shit from Miller and not renew that contract. And then Constellation is going to get 100% of the global distribution, which would mean this little nobody brand that no one's ever heard of outside of, like, inside the, the company itself. Like, again, have you ever heard of Constellation Brewing? If you did, you probably work in a bar or a restaurant and you don't count. I love you, but you don't count. Come on now. Be like, are you fucking... By proxy of having suffered through the restaurant restaurant business, I see you as kin for that shit, but no, not the same. Normies have never heard of Constellation Brand, and now they have heard of Constellation. And Constellation is about to be a huge fucking name. They got good product, not gonna lie. But moving on. Expected to vault to number one spot for the entire year by the end of the month. Dave Williams told The Post, reiterating an earlier prediction by his company. Bud Light controls an 8.4% market share compared with Modelo's 8.2% share, according to the Nelson IQ data. Yeah. Oh, this is what we call a six bay, or six bail, depending on uh, who's running it, but six bay is what it's actually called. The Constellation-owned brand, which posted... A 14.8% increase in sales last week isn't the only beneficiary of Bud Light's demise. Rivals Coors Light and Miller's Light, there you go, and Yingling Lager, 22.5%, uh, enjoyed double-digit spikes, the most recent data showed. Anheuser-Busch reported that revenue has taken a nearly $400 million hit since the backlash began in its earliest quarterly earning released last week. Quote, the situation hasn't gotten any worse, nor has it gotten any better for Bud Light, Williams said. It's significantly gotten worse. Now, like I said before, there's going to be a point where Bud Light realizes it's at rock bottom, and it really can't go anywhere other than bankruptcy court. <laughs> Because it's only going to maintain, like, an X amount of people. People who just genuinely like the flavor and don't care about the memes. Which, not many people are drinking Bud Light for the flavor. Usually the price is why people are drinking Bud Light. And old fogies who don't care. Because they ain't going to be around for a whole lot longer to care. Outside of that, there's not a market for Bud Light left. So, sure, you're right. Things aren't getting as worse as rapidly for Bud Light as they were before. That's because there's, I think you're running out of room for it to get worse for Bud Light without going bankrupt. Or being completely ditched by InBev, which is a much larger global brand. That's kind of what you get, Anheuser-Busch. You were a German-slash-American brewery, and you sold your brand to InBev. And now, look at you. A fucking joke. That's what you get. Should have stayed a domestic brewery. You should have stuck to the two places. You should never have sold out. But you did. And now uh, we'll be getting into what the error 
of uh, Anheuser-Busch has to say about all this. On July 22nd, uh, 27th, Anheuser-Busch laid off 400 employees, or about 2% of its workforce, as part of the restructuring, the brewery said. By the way, you're thinking to yourself, 400 employees? That's about 2% of the workforce? Wow, must not be a big workforce. That's because that follows other layoffs. And other independent other Miller breweries doing their own layoffs and and putting people on furlough. So keep that in mind. You're right. Four hundred percent being two percent of a workforce does seem kind of small because it is kind of small, especially for a global brand like Bud Light, Anheuser Busch. Oof. Most of the positions were in marketing in its office in St. Louis, New York, and Los Angeles. I will say, the marketing and sales team are some of the most insufferable assholes you have to work with. And Hazard Bush CEO, Brendan Whitworth, who's a Fed, said in a statement, quote, While we never take these decisions lightly, we want to ensure that our organization continues to be set for future long-term success. And that's not the way you do it, bud. Many Anheuser-Busch distributors say they don't expect to win back customers and have left the Bud Light brand in anger, as the Post reported. Quote, consumers have made a choice. An executive at the Texas-based beer distributor who did not want to be identified told the Post, quote, they have left Bud Light and that's how it's going to be. I don't envision a big percentage of them coming back. Yeah. Nope, yeah. And they're probably not. You want to know why? And I said they wouldn't come back for the most part. Because it's a joke. Because you're a joke, Bud Light. Because you've become a fucking joke. You've become a collapsing star. That's what you are. And anything that touches you is tainted by you. And like a star collapsing, you just suck everything into your little hellish void before you explode all over the market. It's over. The consequences aren't over. I don't care how they write it, how they sugarcoat it, how they try to tell you it's over. No. It will somehow find a way to get even worse for you. All you had to do was apologize. But you lied. And Hazard Bush had to lie. And double down and double down. And keep lying and keep gaslighting and keep hoping people wouldn't know. Target apologized and took its took its tuck stuff from the front to the back of the store and then just removed it outright entirely from all the stores. Starbucks are taking down its pride flags. More and more companies got the message. But not you. Not you. I will say, Anheuser-Busch, I do respect your tenacity. You are a peppy little spitfire. And fuck, I respect it. But wasn't enough. You weren't peppy enough. Every bridge you touched, you burned, dog. Now when people buy beer, I used to be the only one who'd make the jokes. I'd be in a gas station, I'd see somebody buy a beer, but like, man, buy that for your boyfriend? And the guys would give me shit. Some people would, you know, immediately almost got my ass kicked a couple times by making jokes to the wrong people at the wrong time at the wrong place. But, you know, I stand by these comments. And now, like, it was not even a day after after Pride Month ended. After June ended, I heard people saying, Hey, bud, why are you buying Bud Light? Pride Month's over. 
I started hearing this stuff casually in the wild. Going to bars. People in downtown Arbor's campus. At a, I'll give you three places. Alley Bar. Alley Bar. I'm sorry. Alley Bar. Eight Ball. And Cirque. Three bars. In all three of these bars, I have heard people say, Hey man, do you drink that shit so? Shit, you won't catch me drinking that shit. Or... You know, Pride Month's over, right, bud? Why, why, why are you drinking that shit? I, the worst I say is, man, you go check my uh, car. Make sure all my fluids are right. Might need to go get some tranny fluid. I hear uh, Bud Light still got them rebates going, so I might make use of that while I still can. Jokes like that are what I'm making. But people are just doing the little one-off comments. Because Bud Light's a joke. TLDR. The story's not over. And the weird, woke, political, gender-confused hell... That Bud Light wrought upon itself and its entire brand, as well as InBev and all of its brands. The rots, the rots, um, it's huge. It's expansive, but it's not over yet. Where will it go? We don't know. I don't even know how to predict how much worse it can get. All other than saying this eventually will have to end with boycotts and all kinds of crazy shit. But that being said, I'm going to wrap this up here. And I will talk to you guys later. to the show now i referenced this in the last article or upload so let's address this one here sound of freedom fan arrested for kidnapping after donating to anti-trafficking film i'm not above some good jokes and there will be some here at least i think they'll be funny but that being said the reporting around this story and the headlines around the story are very interesting and a lot of it is predicated around the custom software, the Amber. Essentially, you scan a barcode and you can pay it forward and get someone a ticket or buy someone a ticket. That being said, this person did that. They donated to the film and then they, you know. It's, uh, again, it's a funny situation. It's a tragic situation, nonetheless, but there is a level of irony to it. And the left is really running with this super duper hard, but they're saying thunder. Funder of Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom Funder. Man who funded Sound of Freedom. I'll show you. Funder. I know I typed it in here, but this is how it came across my dashboard. Funder. Funder, 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 Funder. That gives such an entirely different feel to the movie. Because I know now people who I've been talking to about this film, I'm going to deal with them now, and they're going to be like, so, that producer, huh? I'm like, what fucking producer? 
they're going to completely take Funder to some weird, assumpted uh, role this person played. Not just, hey, I'm a pedo who likes this movie about stopping pedos. I'm going to donate to him. Good shit. Again, it's like uh, it's like if Lizzo was donating gym memberships to people while going to the Cheesecake Factory. It's like, I'm confused by what you're doing. It doesn't seem to make sense, but I am slightly amused by your story. But that being said, it's such a disingenuous wordplay. So let's get into it. I really hate this update. Alright, moving on. Oops. Sound of Freedom fan arrested for kidnapping after donating to anti-freedom, uh, anti-trafficking film by Jack Hobbs, August 6, 2023, and updated. Sound of Freedom, uh, sounds like police sirens for this Freedom fan. A child was harmed. You think now is the time for jokes, New York Post? You're absolutely right. One of the nearly 7,000 people who gave money to the unexpected summer blockbuster Sound of Freedom was arrested last month on kidnapping charges. Missouri native Fabian Marta was picked up by police on July 21st and charged two days later with a felony child kidnapping, according to St. Louis police report. Marta, 51, was the landlord to a woman and child. Oh boy, cue the landlord hate, folks. Cue the landlord hate. Hassan was right all along. A uh, child who were involved in a custody dispute with the woman's aunt. The Post reached out to the St. Louis police for comment. Marta's attorney, Scott Rosenbaum, told the Post that his client will plead not guilty at his August 28th hearing. Quote, the charges are ill-conceived, Rosenbaum told the Post. Quote, they had nothing to do with kidnapping anyone. Rosenbaum said he also fully expects his clients to be acquitted. According to Angel Studios, the film's distributor, they had no knowledge of Marta's background. And why would they? Why would they? It's like if I got arrested tomorrow for selling copious amounts of cocaine. I'm not. But it's like they'd be, they would say... Sound of Freedom funder was arrested for selling cocaine. And they'd be like, wow, somebody who helped get the movie made was doing cocaine. Wow. Ooh. Just like how they'd be like, wow, somebody who helped, someone, someone who got the movie made was trafficking and smuggling kids. Wow. Ooh. It's like, no, not at all. Just some rando went to the movie theater, saw a film, took a picture of the barcode, uploaded, bought some movie ticket, and donated to Angel Studios. And that was the extent of it. It's the goofiest shit. It's uh, it's the same point I made where I'm like, look, I don't like Ron DeSantis. But I did me- I've did mentioned that it's like he's got a lot of really bad donors. And while on one hand, the Koch brothers seeing something they like in DeSantis enough to donate to him is alarming, it doesn't exactly mean that DeSantis is a globalist because he receives money from globalists. Just because globalists like you doesn't mean you're a globalist. Just because bad people like you or bad people donate to you doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means there's something about you they like. Now that can be alarming and that should be carefully investigated. You know, looked at and you know people should be use discretion with that, but 
ultimately you, you can't blame the the politician for being like yeah you know they donated to my campaign i didn't know that they were like that they just they just liked something i was doing so i just kept doing what i was doing seemed to be good, seemed to be working and that's how it goes sound of freedom was just you know angel studios was like oh somebody likes a the movie they donated great mazel tov and then now they're like oh so that person's possibly a kidnapper oh shit Ooh, okay well you know why why would we know it's a very valid point. Something that a lot of these other outlets using the headline "funder" are ignoring. They're acting like this man was real close with all these people behind the scenes. It's like no, he just watched the movie. The 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 other coverage of this is mind-numbingly wild. Now let's continue on. One of the nearly seven thousand people who gave money to the unexpected summer hits on a freedom Missouri native Phoebean uh, Phoebean Mata picked up by police on July 1st and charged two days after or two days later with felony child kidnapping according to St. Louis police report. Rosenbaum said that he also fully expects his client to be acquitted according to Angel Studios, the film distributor. They had no knowledge of Marta's background. Again, it's just a certain look. I don't know what it is. But moving on, quote, Angel Studios adhered to the requirements of federal and state laws and regulations allowing 6,678 people to invest an average of $501 each into a launch, into the launch of Sound of Freedom. Angel Studios CEO Neil Harmon said, quote, just as anyone can invest in a stock market, everyone who meets the legal criteria can invest in Angel Studios projects. One of the perks of investigating investing was the ability to be listed in the credits. Got you. Okay. So this guy donated to Angel Studios when it was getting off the ground. Correction, folks. This guy donated to Angel Studios when they were getting up and off the ground. Got it. And because he invested in Angel Studios and gave money to them to get them up and going. Okay. Again. Let's I can rework this pretty easily. I buy and invest in rum. Rum is Rumble stock. Rumble is a pretty Christian company. Now, it doesn't affect its moderation or rules in any way, but it's a Christian company. Now, let's say you find out tomorrow that I was the head of the American Satanist Church, and I slapped my cock on fucking Cabbage Patch Kids that are tie-dyed in Satan colors. Doesn't reflect Rumble in any way because they got money from me. Again, investors and the things they invest in are separate. Now, if, like, the head of Angel Studios was charged with this, now that would be a fucking story and a half right there. This is a story, but only because of the way the media is using it to smear a movie that I'm even surprised is still in second. It goes between second and third at the box office still. It goes between second and third still. It's breaking some records by still being in movie theaters. It's kind of fucking wild. And it just launched in other states, or it just launched in other countries too. Like It's now officially globally released. Looking forward to seeing a whole new wave of stories about Sound of Freedom blowing up. 
Anyway, former Homeland Security agent Tim Ballard, played by Jim Caviezel, is it, it, it's Caviezel, right? As he attempts to set up an organization known as Operation Underground Railroad as a means to prevent child trafficking. Wait, what happened? Did it jump on me? Just studios are grateful law enforcement. Yeah, okay, it did jump on me. What the fuck? Quote, we are grateful brave law enforcement officials who have already arrested dozens of traffickers in the weeks following Sound of Freedom's release continued harm. And quote, our film speaks to this globally pers- uh, pervasive problem. My apologies. And it is our hope that the pre perpetrators What the hell? That was a little wild. I don't know what just happened there. Anyway, perpetrators everywhere will be brought to justice no matter who they are. And that even more people will see the film to raise awareness. The flick, which beat the new Indiana Jones film in the box office, it beat its ass. Indiana Jones had to have a five-day weekend to make $100 million. They did that in less than three days. Sound of Freedom did that in less than three days. Indiana Jones needed a five-day weekend to do that. Because they had like the holiday weekend release and all that. Anyway. Because it was a 4th of July release for that movie too. Uh, at the box office. Tells the true life inspired story. Of former Homeland Security agent Tim Ballard. Played by Jim Caviezel. As he attempts to set up an organization known as Under- Operation Underground Railroad. As a means to prevent child trafficking. Since debuting in theaters on July 4th 2023. Fans have claimed that several cin- uh, cinema chains have sabotaged showings of the film. We covered that. The consensus isn't real in stone, but it's happening to the point where it's real fucking weird. One TikTok user uh, who saw the film opening day claimed the theatrical experience was uncomfortable uh, on a post with over 900,000 views. Ohio rapper Jam Skillet, born Jacob Matthews, told his follower... Oh, really? Okay. Told his followers that... When he saw the film with his girlfriend, there was, quote, no AC running, and it was unbearably hot. Matthews, 30, said that he bought out, uh, he sought out an AMC employee and asked to have the AC restored, only to have the worker to reply that it wasn't working. The musician also claimed that when he, give me one second here, claimed that when he went to purchase tickets, the entire theater appeared to have been heavily booked, but when he arrived, it was just him, his partner, and maybe eight other people at the screening. Another moviegoer posted uh, posted a video of an employee offering attendees, quote, free passes to come back and see the movie again, hopefully without interruption, after the cinema lights failed to dim. The employee said that they, quote, apologized for inconvenience, but... We're getting it hopefully looked at later this week. Adam Aaron, CEO of AMC Theaters, called out uh, accusers on Twitter, throwing water on the idea that the movie Giant was suppressing the film. Really bizarre FUD, fear, uncertain, and doubt. Floating around Twitter that we are suppressing audiences for Sound of Freedom, tweeted Aaron. Quote, yesterday... We showed that movie 3,000 times at our 570 U.S. theaters, and more than 100,000 people watched it at AMC theaters. Misinformation on Twitter is astonishing. Bots? Haters? 
the accusations of experience tempering come on the heels of the film criticizing uh, being criticized for prompting pro-QAnon conspiracy theories, Caviezel54 is said to have regularly repeated such falsehoods. Again, there is no war to go with any of that weight. Maybe you guys out there in the audience can find the uh, so-called QAnon claims that Jim Caviezel has pushed out. I have never fucking seen them. I haven't come across them. And again... There is not one QAnon conspiracy theory in this entire fucking film. Not one. Human trafficking is happening. Children are being trafficked at rapidly increasing numbers. Mexico is the number one producer, while America is one of the number is the number one consumer. Hell, right? I talk about how I'm in Toledo all the time. Toledo is one of the number one human tra- is one of the human trafficking hubs of America. I mean, it's one of the most heavily human trafficked areas in the U.S. of A. And I'm out in that bitch all the time. So, don't come at me and be like, oh, it's cured, man. It's not. It's not. And I'm just waiting for this Pizzagate shit to blow back up again because it's it's bubbling up. I made a reference to Pizzagate last month. And one person commented, I haven't heard Pizzagate since 2016. And I was like, yeah, I know. Weird how it's coming up again. Just for the main journalist who debunked it to be arrested for being an absolute nuns. And now you have this. Alright, folks. Get ready for the heavy disinformation and buzzword warfare against the awareness of child trafficking. Stay tuned. We'll be here to cover uh, the absolute bullshit fest that will ensue. But the fact that they're trying to portray this movie as QAnon and all that crazy shit has failed. Normies are seeing it. Normies are recommending to their friends. Normies are buying tickets for their friends. People are having watching parties. It's just not working out. You can label this movie however you want. People are going to go see this. And it's going to continue to stay in the box office. And then it's going to have an even bigger impact globally. And we're honestly just watching the beginning of this. That being said, I won't wrap it up here. Actually, any comments? No comments. Yes, there are some comments. All right, just three. M. Mac, if the feds had any role in investigating arrest, I make it e- I make it even money that the charges are politically motivated, payback, and false. Baby boy, twenty nineteen. I know someone named Harvey that invested a lot into movies as well. I hear friends with a, a woman named, uh, what's it, what's it, is her name something like, uh, Opera, Opera Win- Winfrey, something like that, Winfrey, some, some, A to the B says, if you Google Sound of Freedom, every media outlet in the country pops up with this story, trying to make a custody dispute look like some trafficking ring, what a joke, yeah, no, for real, we barely know anything about this case. And we're going to find out more about it as it goes on. And, uh, you know, that's the only reason this is even a story now. is because they're using this innocuous-ass story between... Which largely would be an unfocused film. Or would be an unfocused uh, unfocused case. But because of the media using it as a weapon against this film to try to get it out of box offices. And try to get it out of people's eyes and out of attention to smirch it. 
watch just with the way things tend to go the story is going to become something where you, you realize this guy isn't ultimate i'm just saying i'm making a guess here we're gonna find out something like this this guy is not ultimately the bad guy here the woman's making something up for dramatic effect to get sympathy and then this guy in this story is going to be even more funny it's going to be a meme it's going to be used to deride and mock the left for trying to attack this guy but that's just how it tends to work. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen. It just seems to be. We know nothing about this case. We know there's a custody battle. And oops. There's a custody battle. And we know there's an eviction battle. That's about it. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your James Madison, and I shall talk to you guys later. <laughs>welcome to youtube thanks it's great to be here i'm just gonna upload my video right now uh, let me see it first oh wow no you can't post that why not i don't agree with that nope okay i'm sorry what are you doing i'm uploading my video all right that's a warning pal dude you need to relax flag what okay you want to get crazy boom boom double flag there goes your video did you just cancel me? All right, I'm gonna be leaving now. Where are you going? To a place where I can't get canceled and they celebrate free speech. <laughs> uh, but in fantasy land. It's not fantasy land, it's called Rumble. Later, pal. Did you need these back? Yeah, I'm gonna need those for the next person. Got you, good luck, buddy. Thanks.